You're listening to the Greater Long Beach Podcast, where our focus is helping people to connect to God, change, and thrive in life. Doing a little bit of everything today, so it's all good. To God's glory, I want to uh, turn our Bibles here to Acts chapter 27. We're going to jump in. We are in the middle uh, of our message series, God with us. And uh, first of all, I do want to acknowledge, um, you know, we have an incredible campus ministry here in the church, college students who have made decisions to follow Jesus, and uh, we can give glory to that, amen? Um, We have uh, a lot of students from Long Beach City College, Cerritos College, uh, Cal State Long Beach, uh, some from Cal State Dominguez as well, and uh, we're so proud of our college students. This past Friday night, they had an incredible event uh, where they brought all their families together just to show appreciation to their families, and it was an excellent event just to bring moms and dads and brothers and uncles and aunts, everybody together just to say thank you for your support uh, you know, in, our, in, in their college uh, careers. I'm so proud of our college students. I'm so thankful for their servitude. Uh, the past few weeks, uh, several of our sisters and brothers from the campus ministry have been coming here early, setting up this whole stage and all the decorations and stuff like that. That's a lot of work. You may look at them and be like, oh, that looks really nice. But that takes a lot of work to, to do that, to unfold everything and load everything and put everything, making it look nice. So I just want to thank so much our campus ministry for their serving hearts in the church. Amen. Um, uh, next Sunday, we're going to be gathering again here for our uh, GLB Christmas uh, service time, and there won't be any st- a decor on the stage because we're going to have a performance uh, by our whole Kids Kingdom ministry, our children's ministry is doing a performance, and uh, very excited about that. My, my kids were already practicing their dances, and uh, they're doing some weird, like, flossing dance nowadays, and... And it's interesting, my daughter, like, she won't talk to, she, she can't stand, sit, stand still, so she'll talk to you in the middle of dancing like this, you know? It's interesting. Anyway, um, and uh, I don't know, someone where they're kicking like this or something, I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's a new generation, wow. Uh, but anyway, we're going to be uh, having a performance next Sunday. We will have communion together. We will have, uh, give our offering next week. Um, there will be some time to worship God through song. But we're going to have uh, a large portion of our our time together next Sunday. We'll be with our children performing uh, next Sunday. So invite your families, invite your friends. Uh, We're going to have a great time. And then uh, to put just some festive festive spirit in the the room, uh, I want to encourage you to invite you to bring your, wear your ugly sweater, ugly Christmas sweater. And we'll have an ugly Christmas sweater uh, Sunday service next Sunday, okay? Uh, so let's do that. And then afterwards, after church, we're going to have this um, uh, backdrop outside in the lobby, and you can take pictures with your family if you want to. We'll have some coffee and treats and uh, just to hang out uh, for the Christmas time together. So that's next Sunday. Please invite uh, your friends uh, to join us for that time. We have uh, talked about God being with us, uh, the prophecy that the angel gives and says, you know, there will be a virgin, she will conceive, and uh, she will give birth to a son. His name is to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And we've talked about God being with us in the valley, and that you can enjoy God on the mountaintop, but you get to know him intimately 
when you're in the valleys. We talked last week about being in the wilderness, disoriented, confused, and um, we talked about the idea that your, your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. That through every season of life, the promise that we have through the Christmas prophecy and God's plan through Jesus is that He Himself is with us. Today we're going to be talking about God being with us in the storm. You know what's interesting about L.A.? We freak out in the storm. Have you noticed that rain becomes the top news portion of the news at night when it's raining. I remember watching the news story one time and they literally had the camera zoomed in on a puddle. It was a puddle. And the voiceover was thunderstorms in Los Angeles. You know, it was like, are you kidding me? This is a little puddle. It's nothing, you know. But it's interesting. I grew up in Florida. So in South Florida, in Miami, uh, Palm Beach area, there's raindrops like this thick. It's tropical thunderstorms. And it's rain all the time. And now it's funny because there'll be like rain on one street and then two streets over, there's no rain. So you look over the sunshine, you go over there and the rain kind of follows you along. It's interesting to see that Puerto Rico is the same way, uh, kind of these tropical islands and stuff like that. So I grew up there. So coming to L.A. where there's no rain was just weird. Right. And so but now living here for so long, I'm telling you, whenever we get rain or a storm, I freak out. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm like, what do we do? Oh, everybody get their raincoats. It's like drizzling, you know, whatever the case is. I've been, uh, I grew up in, I was born in Boston, and in Boston in the 80s, there was a hurricane. I got to be a part, I was in the middle of a hurricane, Hurricane Gloria. And I remember sitting in the house, and it was dark, we lost power, and the hurricane hit, and uh, the branch came, you know, one of the branches of the trees came through our window, and have you guys ever sat in the, in the middle of a hurricane before? It's crazy. We moved, actually, our family moved to Miami like a few months after Hurricane Andrew. So uh, you drive around certain parts of Miami, and, and it was decimated. It was destroyed by Hurricane Andrew. Uh, ten years ago, Marina and I were able to go to New Orleans um, and, and serve with Hope Worldwide um, uh, in Habitat for Humanity uh, in, in, in helping recover and recuperate the city of New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane storms, it's destruction. And you, you, you can be as prepared as you can for a storm, but you just, you can't control it. All you can do in the middle of the storm is wait it out. That's literally all you can do is wait it out and wait till it finishes and hopefully not Everything has been destroyed. Some of us are in a storm. And there's multiple things, multiple difficulties all happening at the same time. And the issue with being in the middle of the storm is you can't control it. And all you can do is wait for it to end. We name storms, right? Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Andrew, Hurricane Gloria. We name different storms. We give them names. I think some of us have storms we can name here. We got Hurricane Divorce. 
hurricane, storm, financial bankruptcy and ruin, storm, depression, storm, broken and dysfunctional family dynamics and relationships, hurricane, job loss and uncertainty. We, we can prepare for storms, but many times we just need to wait them out. Oftentimes in the storm, we want to blame God. God, I have trusted you all this time and you let this happen? How is this possible? I've been showing up. I've been praying. I've been hugging strangers and people that I don't want to hug. I've been giving. And this all is happening. This is not fair, God. And we blame God. And so our big idea today that I want to present to us, and we're going to read an excerpt in the book of Acts to help us understand some of these things. But the big idea for today is never allow the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never allow the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. We're going to look at this storm that is recorded in the book of Acts when Paul and his companions, uh, he has he has been arrested and Paul has uh, as a Roman citizen has appealed to go to Rome to speak to the Caesar, the emperor of the whole empire and plead his case. And so they're taking this ship with um, Paul and his companions and they're on their way to Rome. And we pick it up here in Acts chapter 27. In verse 13, it says, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. And so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Clauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure, so the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. Think about what's happening here. They have no control of their boat, of their vessel. No control. It's just being tossed back and forth and they're they're just being driven along in the middle of this storm. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging... We finally gave up all hope of being saved. We see what started off as a gentle wind that they were like, oh, we can take this. It'll take us down where we need to go, becoming a raging storm, which led to the crew and prisoners. All it says here, what describes them, it says they gave up all hope of being saved. Is that not the feeling that we can have many times in the middle of our storms? Just give up all hope. Nothing, nothing's going to happen. 
there's infertility, there's job loss. There's not being not even in the job loss, there's not being able to find the next job. There's bankruptcy, there's divorce, there's divorce of your parents. And you just give up hope. Paul is on the boat. Look at his response. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. Now, don't you just want to punch Paul right there? The last thing you need in your life when you're going through the middle of the storm is somebody coming up and telling you, I told you so. You should have listened to me. And this is Paul. Paul has the confidence to get up in front of these guys and just be like, hey, I told you, you shouldn't have done it, but you did it. Now look where we're at. Uh, and you would have spared your life, you know, and, and these things like that. This is the last thing you want in the middle of a storm. You know, what's interesting sometimes in Christian circles is, we want to blame the devil. The devil did it. The devil did it to me. The devil put me in this situation when actually it was actually you just did it. Like you just spent too much money or your emotions got the best of you and you said something you shouldn't have said or you procrastinated, didn't study for that test and you fell. And now you're on academic probation like that's on you. Or you dated that guy when everybody else told you not to date that guy, but you wanted to date that guy. And now you're in the middle of a storm with that guy. Sometimes the storm is actually your own fault. But also sometimes the storm, you're the victim of the storm. You're the victim of the divorce. You're the victim of your company downsizing and laying people off. And so you were laid off. You see what I'm saying? So there's a difference. There's sometimes when you're the, fa- you're, you're the main you know, responsibility holder for the storm that you're going through. And then sometimes you're just in the storm. You're the victim of it. The statement is the same, that we should don't don't allow the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Look what Paul says after he does does this. And all the guys probably are like, shut up, Paul. What are you talking about? Get back in your, you know, cage or whatever they had him in. I don't know what they had him in. But anyway, he says, but now I urge you. Keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Paul tells them to keep their courage. Stay faithful. Stand firm in the faith. Here's how I know you should stand firm in the faith, Paul says. There's this angel that came and spoke to me. There is, there is an actual spiritual component happening in the middle of a storm. There is angels, there are demons that are battling that you and I cannot see. And Paul reminds them, he says, listen, this is going to be, you know, the ship's going to be destroyed, but you're going to live. And here's how I know the God whom I belong to and whom I serve stood beside me. That during the storm, God's presence is right beside you. Imagine your mood or your confidence and how it changes when you know that God is right beside you. Paul says to Timothy, the young minister in Ephesus, he says, At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. 
may it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side. I'm all alone. Everybody deserted me. Everybody that was with me deserted me, left me. I'm all alone. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. So that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Paul speaks to the young minister, Timothy, and shares with him how the Lord was by his side, gave him strength during a very difficult time of his life. And it changed Paul's demeanor. He stood at my side so that the word, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed because there was still work to be done. And Paul could have hid in the, in the bedroom under his covers during this time and, and, and everyone around him would have been like, I understand you totally should do that. And Paul says, no, 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 but you don't understand. Everybody deserted me, but the Lord stood at my side. And gave me the strength to fully proclaim the message that all Gentiles might hear. The psalmist in Psalm 16, verse 8, in the New Living Translation, he says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. David writes about knowing the Lord is right beside him. It changes how we go through the storm. When I was in high school, I grew up, uh, you know, I'm a suburbanite, so I grew up in the suburbs. But I went to a high school that was primarily gang infested in the inner city. And I was scared out of my mind because a teacher had just gotten shot there the week before school started. This is where I was going to school. Um, so I'm coming from a sheltered environment into a, a, a public high school that, wow, this is eye-opening to me, right? Um, and let alone I grew up in a church. So, you know, this is a lot of, I don't know if you guys, anybody remembers freshman year in high school, but there's a lot of eye-opening stuff that happens in freshman year in high school. Anyway, I go to this high school and I'm walking around and, I mean, I'm just a little short dude and there's this, these people are just huge and I'm walking in the, in the, you know, at the lockers and in the aisles and stuff like that. And I'm just like with my big old backpack, you know, I got my big old backpack and I'm like, you know, walking around like this. And I'm just literally like looking up at people like this. And it was packed. I mean, it was one of those schools, 5,000 students or something like that. So I'm like, you know, to get to the cafeteria, you're like walking like this. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's packed. And I remember just being scared, like, all the time. I was just like a scared little nerd or something like that. I don't know. Um, and there was a gentleman in our, in, that was a good friend of my dad, and he was a cop. And not only was he a cop, but he was a huge cop. He was like, like little legs and big upper body, you know what I'm saying? Walking around like this. And, uh, and that school that I went to had open lunch, so you could leave off the campus to go to lunch, uh, which is kind of cool. So one day, he randomly shows up at my school, and he's like, hey, Rube, I'm going to take you to lunch, Taco Bell, down the street, let's go. And, like, my demeanor changed, and I'm walking with him to the car, and it wasn't a cop car, it was like an undercover detective type car, 
you know, but he's, you know, he's got his little badge right here and he's just like, you know, and, and I'm walking with him to his car and I see these guys hanging out like by the other cars and kind of looking at us. And I like all of a sudden I went from here to like, yes, this is my friend. You know what I'm saying? It just completely changed my confidence and my demeanor. And he took me out to lunch and we had a great time um, eating together. And then he took me back to school. And and there was something about my confidence that changed just because, number one, I had a friend (laughs) in high school. It's hard to get friends sometimes. Number two, it was a dude that was like respected because he was just huge. You know what I mean? And. And it changed. You know, when you have somebody like that in your life, it completely changes your demeanor, your confidence. And when God is saying, listen, I, I am right next to you in the storm. My, I, I, am, I am right there. You think everything's falling around you, and it probably is. But God's saying, I'm right beside you when you know that. It changes the mood. It changes your demeanor. You can weather the storm for a little bit longer. You can be able to wait patiently because you know God, God is right there beside me. You follow me here, church? Sometimes we need to change our focus from the storm to who's on the boat with you during the storm. There's an account of, a, of another storm in, in the Gospels that is shared that where the apostles, you know, the 12 apostles, they're on a boat fishing with Jesus. They're out there on the boat and there's a major storm uh, and the boat's going crazy. And what's Jesus doing? Does anybody know? He's sleeping. He's taking a nap in the middle of a storm. You've got to love that about Jesus. He's taking a nap in the middle of the storm. That's incredible. I think it's incredible. I just like... I'm the lightest sleeper in the world. So the fact that this guy is sleeping through the middle of a storm is incredible to me. He's asleep. The guys come in. They shake him awake. What's Jesus' response? Don't be afraid. Why are you so afraid? He gets up. He looks at all the winds and the waves. Peace. Be still. And the waves calm and chill. And he turns back and says, why Why were you so afraid? Like he's confused. Why were you so afraid? Now, these guys are freaking out now because they see Jesus has command over the winds and the waves. But the real peace that these guys experienced was not the absence of the storm, but the presence of Jesus in the boat. You guys follow me there? The real peace that you're looking for in the middle of the storm, the real peace does not come with the absence of of the storm, but with the presence of Jesus, God, with us. Jesus never promised a trouble-free, problem-free life. He actually promised suffering and trouble. But there is peace in the, bless you, but there is peace in the midst of the trouble and the storm because he is beside us, God with us. So Paul, going back to the boat in the book of Acts, chapter 27, and verse 24, 
he tells them, you know, this angel of the Lord was, was right beside me. And he said to me, this is Paul's continuing the conversation with the guys. He says, the angel told me, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness was grant, has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So he turns around to the guys. He says, so take courage, guys, for I believe God and it will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. You know, (laughs) thank you for the transparency there, Paul. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to be shipwrecked. There's going to be damage. There's going to be pain. But the promise that God gave me last night was don't be afraid because you have work to do. You still have work to do. I have a plan for you, God says. I'm not done with you, God says. You have some work to do in the storm as God is right beside you. He's probably allowing this to happen in your life because he knows you will use it in some way to help others through their storms. Eventually, the ship may go down, but you will survive because there's purpose in the storm. I will send you, God says, I will send you to help someone else going through their storm. Is this not what we see many times with people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol or have different addictions in their lives that many who have been able to overcome these things, these addictions, what do they do? They usually turn around and are able to sponsor somebody else, help somebody else through their storm. I think about our, uh, we have an incredible purity ministry in the church, helping men and women get a grasp on, there's there's an over-sexualization of our society that is just rampant and epidemic, and there is uh, addictions to pornography that just are all throughout the fabric of our society. And I love the fact that we have men and women here in the church who are saying, you know what, I have battled this. I have been able to overcome this, and I want to help you through this storm. I want to help you get through this. I've known people who have had gone through incredible financial challenges, financial mess, debt in their lives, having turned their lives around and used what they learned to help other people. We benefited from it just two years ago when we took Financial Peace University The guy who created that, Dave Ramsey, was somebody who filed for bankruptcy, picked up the mat, learned all his stuff, turned it around, and created an incredible resource that has blessed so many people around the world. But not only him, but there's so many even in our own congregation who have said, you know what, I'm going to take control of this, we're going to get out of this storm, and we're going to be able to then... Be an example to others and help others through their storm. I know women and families who have gone through and endured uh, the pain of miscarriage or infertility and have used the lessons learned and the faith gleaned through these experiences to turn around then and help other couples who may be going through the same thing. Because in the storm, when God is right beside you, there is purpose in the storm he's not done with you god's not done with you god is preparing you 
and allowing this to happen that you may turn around and be able to help someone else. We may feel like God's forgotten us in the storm, but there's purpose for us in the storm. After the storm clears away, you realize God has prepared you through that storm. God gives Paul a promise. And Paul tells the crew, hey, take courage. He says, for I believe God. So God says something and he trusts in what God says. His faith was not in the boat, but in the one who commands the winds and the wave. His faith was not in the ship, but in the one who created the trees to make the ship. You know, Paul believes God. He trusts God. He trusts what God says. He says, listen, he's going to deliver us. It will be just As he said, he will deliver, he will save, he will guide, he will provide, he will bring the healing. I will experience his peace because he said I would. Just as he said in the storm, will you trust what God says in his word? Will you trust him? That he's right there. He's right beside you, he says. That you should not be afraid. Do not be afraid in the middle of the storm. That there is peace. That there can be peace. That the real peace doesn't come because of the absence of a storm. But because of who's with you in the middle of the storm. You can't control the storm, but you can control what you believe in the middle of the storm. Every week we've been bringing up different people to share stories that illustrate, you know, these, these storms or valleys or wilderness. And so I've invited a very special uh, dear couple to Marina and I, very close friends, uh, Gary and Jackie Santos from our family ministry. And they're going to come at this time and share about their story. This is Gary and Jackie. Good morning, everybody. Is it on? Yes. Okay. Can you hear me? Oh, there you go. Cool. Good morning. Um, my name is Gary. Uh, Gary Santos, my wife, Jackie Santos. Some of you may have known her. She grew up in this ministry. Um, I've been a disciple for 17 years, and I had a lot of debt. A lot of debt. I made some very, uh, I made some very poor financial decisions in college. I took out, like, multiple credit cards and student loans, and I wanted to live in the moment. I was in college. It's like the mentality, like, I'm, yo, yo, I'm living in the moment. I'm just going to deal with it later. I'm going to charge it to future Gary, you know? Um, future Gary's dealing with it now. So, <laughs> um, so I wanted to live in the moment and deal with the debt later. After college, when I started working, I couldn't sustain paying off my loans or my credit cards. So I defaulted on every one of them. And I lived my life running away from people going after me. So Jackie and I got married. And we knew that we needed to settle these debts eventually, right, to buy a house and for our kids and stuff like that. Uh, so after going and finding out what it is, I found out that I had 11 debt collectors going after me, totaling uh, $63,000. I felt like Boba Fett and like 11 bounty hunters going after me for my money. It was really like, not Boba Fett, Han Solo, and they're going after my money. That's what it is. Um, soon enough... Uh, so, so we had this debt, right? And then Jackie was working at Toyota Financial for like eight years. Um, and she had lost her job. They offered her a position to move to Texas because she was moving to te- the company was moving to Texas. 
And we're like, no, we're going to stay close to family. Uh, so at this point, so Jackie lost her job. Uh, at this point, we had a lot of debt, two very young children. We had, uh, I think, like a three-month-old and like just over a one-year-old at the time. Um, we, uh, we lost our health insurance because our health insurance was through her. And that's when we asked to live with Jackie's parents. Um, that's when the real storm began. Jackie, would like to share some thoughts. Okay, hello. I'm Jackie, and I've been a disciple for almost 20 years. Um, I've had several storms in those years, but one of the hardest was living in unemployment with my family. I went to college early on, uh, got a job at Toyota, got married, had children. It was nice. I was grateful for God's blessings. Um, And later on, I didn't expect that I would get laid off from my own job, uh, lose my health insurance and uh, go off on his health insurance. So things started to kind of storm up. Um, I was also pregnant with my second youngest, and um, and I had a, a one-year-old. So I wasn't too worried and scary, so I had his job, and, um, and uh, we had some income. But uh, when Gary got laid off, his job as well, a couple months later, I remember crying because um, I was scared. Um, sometimes when you're in the middle of a storm, it's hard to see what's ahead. And so that's when my real fight to trust God began. And um, there are moments where I just felt really desperate for an answer from God. Uh, we lost both incomes at this point. Uh, health insurance entirely, um, the ability to pay rent. Um, we prayed to God for help. We didn't know how soon Gary would get a job. Uh, we asked to live with my parents and, uh, and, the, and then asked for government assistance for health insurance and for food, which was very humbling for me because I never had to go through that. Um, Gary was looking for a job, and I was standing for, the young child- for our young children. And... Um, we would pray. We would pray a lot together, Gary and I. Um, and we, we wanted to trust God. Uh, but there's times where we felt really discouraged. There's a job that Gary really wanted. And we prayed every night together for this job. And then um, he didn't get it. And I just remember Gary and I just felt like we just don't want to pray anymore. We were so discouraged. Um, Living at home with my parents is not wasn't always easy. Um, there was a lot of tension with my mom and Gary and my mom, and in the middle of my parents' divorce, and that was also hard. And I just felt like the storm was just getting stronger. Um, but sometimes God allows storms to happen so that I may rely on Him and trust Him to see what He can do. And and I had to understand that His nose to my prayer sometimes meant not yet. Uh, we trusted God by giving our weekly tithe, and Gary and I prayed together most nights, asking for jobs and answers. Finally, God, finally, uh, God provided a job to Gary. He got a far better job in his field of graphic design, and I recently got also a better job in marketing um, in full-time. So we're both full-time now, um, and we're so grateful for God providing those jobs because we prayed so much for those jobs. Um, Looking back, I see that God orchestrated everything so perfectly. Losing our jobs, in my opinion, was like a blessing in disguise because 
we lost our jobs, but we also received services to pay off all of Gary's uh, before we got married debts. Um, so we paid that off, and, and then we were able to save money to buy our first house. Um, so we have no debt and jobs, and, um, and I look back, and I'm like, God, thank you for being so creative in how you planned this out for us. And all we had to do was just trust you every step of the way. Um, he never left our side. Um, and these storms have only increased our faith in God even more because he really can do anything in the most creative ways. Uh, personally, uh, going through my storms the last seven years as a Christian, I think of that scripture in James 1.4. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I think about that, and I just think, like, whenever adversity does come and we deal with it, we get stronger, especially in faith. And now I'm starting to see that when the storms do come and you deal with them over and over again, it's like you're getting comfortable, a little more comfortable in trusting God. Uh, It's almost like an expectation, like, you know, God, I know, God, you're going to take care of us. It's all good. You've always taken care of us. And he always has. Even, like, through all this time, it was very humbling to live at home at times government assistance and all that, but he's always taking care of us, even in unconventional ways, you know? Um, so I think that at this point, I, I feel like the storms will always come, no matter what. It's, it's not guaranteed that they're not going to come, but God will always be there to help us out. I've known Gary since he was in the teen ministry, and uh, and now our two boys, his his boy and my boy, go to the same preschool together, which is kind of crazy. Um, but I'm so proud of their faith. I mean, it, what what they share is so incredible, and it's interesting what Jackie said. You know, uh, looking back, isn't that interesting? When you're going into the store, you can't see anything, <laughs> but it's after the storm when the skies have cleared you kind of are able to look back and say, you know what? Wow. God was right there during that time. And, uh, and it's so true for all of us. We've gone through our, our things, and we're, or, or, or maybe some of us right now are going through an actual storm. I want to encourage you, don't allow the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. He is right beside you. He's not finished with you. He's not done with you. He has something in store for you, something that he's going to do through you. Just wait it out. He's there. Take courage. Don't be afraid. And when you get through your storm, you'll be able to look back and say, wow, God was right there, right beside me this whole time. I want to read an excerpt from the psalm, psalmist in Psalm 46, and then we're going to take communion. I want you to meditate on the words of this psalm. Psalm 46 in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. In other words, God is my home. God is my, he, he is my shelter. He is my strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. 
Therefore, because of that, because of God's power and because he is my refuge, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam. I mean, this is a storm right here. And the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Church, let us not allow the presence of a storm cause us to doubt the presence of God. Jesus is evidence that he is with us. When God is with us and our faith is there and the fact that he is right there beside us, our demeanor changes. Our attitude changes. Our confidence in the storm completely changes. And we are able then to weather the storms, to take courage in the storm because God is with us. It's not the absence of the storm that leads to peace, but it's the presence of Jesus in the middle of that storm with us. Let's go to God in prayer as we take our communion this morning. God, we want to thank you so much for your promise to each and every one of us that you are right there with us in the middle of the storm, that we can trust what you say, that even in the presence of a storm, we will not doubt your presence because of Jesus. As we take the bread that represents the body of Christ, I pray that we would consider our faith. Where is our faith at this time? Is our faith in you? Or is our faith in ourselves and trying to get ourselves out of whatever storms we, we may encounter? Father, pray as we take the cup that represents the blood of Christ and, and really understanding that Christmas is the arrival of a Savior to this world, but, but really the sacrifice of his blood his body and the resurrection, the miracle of your resurrection, Father, is really why we can all even be here this morning. Father, I pray as we take the cup that we would reflect on our faith in your forgiveness and your mercy. Father, help us to trust that what you say, that we would, that we would have trouble in this world, but we would take heart because you have overcome the world. Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Greater Long Beach Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit greaterlongbeachchurch.com. 